Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This On Air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today we're discussing what all employers, regardless of size, need to know about the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination and what happens if a claim against them is filed with the commission. Here with us to discuss this is Myrick O'Connell employment law attorney Amanda Baer. Welcome back to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Amanda, great to have you with us. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Amanda, first question is, what is the MCAD? It's in the news a lot. Uh, people hear that acronym. What exactly is it? Yeah, so the MCAD is the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. And it is an agency that's created by statute that handles claims of discrimination or harassment or retaliation in employment or housing contexts. And people who feel that they have been discriminated against or harassed or retaliated against are required by statute to first bring those claims to the MCAD prior to filing any type of lawsuit with those allegations in a state or federal court. And how do claims get started there? There's a couple different ways. There are four now physical offices that the MCAD has, which They are probably all closed right now because of COVID, but if a complainant, um, that's what they're called. If somebody is alleging that they have been discriminated against, they are referred to as a complainant. If somebody believes they've been discriminated against, they can actually walk right into a commission office and one of the um, MCAD employees will help them draft a complaint. So that's one option. Alternatively, uh, the person can draft their complaint, you know, on their own and send it in. Or the third option is the person can hire an attorney who would draft the complaint and send it into the MCAD on their behalf. And what happens, Amanda, after an employer gets notice of the claim? So this is the tricky part. Employers should never, ever ignore notice of a claim. Um, So what they should do is contact counsel or bring this to their own legal department or HR who are um, familiar with the MCAD process, but employers are required to file something called a position statement within 21 days of receipt of a claim. So the MCAD will take a complaint and it will process the complaint, assign it a docket number, et cetera, and then mail out a copy of the complaint to the employer. And it just comes in the regular mail. Once the employer receives that mail, then they have 21 days to file a position statement. In the position statement, um, there's no definitive rules as to what the style of a position statement should be. But when I draft them, I draft them in the form of a letter that sets forth the relevant facts, defenses, and legal arguments uh, in support of the employer's defense. Now, what happens, Amanda, if an employer ignores the notice of a claim? Oh, that's not good if they do that. And, you know, a lot of employers, since the MCAD may be an unfamiliar term to them, could be inclined to ignore a complaint because it does. It just comes in the regular mail. 
you know, it's not an official court Mm. complaint that gets served. Mm. Um, So -hmm. some people intentionally or unintentionally do ignore them. Um, And what happens is the MCAD would issue a notice to the employer. I believe currently it's called a notice of consequences. And it sets forth what can happen to the employer if they don't rectify, uh, you know, their issue and don't file a position statement. And if the employer still does not respond, the MCAD can issue or make a finding in favor of the complainant and actually end up, you know, awarding damages or sanctions, things of that sort, which would be enforceable against the employer. And then um, the next step I would assume is once that is entered against the respondent, then they could go to court. How does that work? Yeah, and I'm glad you used the term respondent because that, that's right. That is what the employer is called at the MCAD. So the employee is complainant, employer is respondent. So if a award is entered against the employer respondent, then the complainant who uh, receives that award can take steps to enforce it. So yeah, that might involve, I think, depending on the amounts, you know, small claims action. I'm not too sure. I've never been on that side, um, but it would be an enforceable award that the employer would need to satisfy. So there's really a big risk in not filing a position statement or defending a claim. For sure. So how do the claims proceed? Just kind of uh, drilling down a little bit on this. So assume the employer files a position statement or has an attorney file a position statement on their behalf. The MCAD in normal times, pre-pandemic, would (laughs) then, in most cases, not all, um, in the... Parameters vary through the years, but in most cases, we'll then give the parties an option to try to mediate the matter through the MCAD. And so that would be before any discovery is taken, before there's any formal process, the parties can come together and try to reach a resolution. Unfortunately, in my experience, mediations are generally not successful uh, at hmm. the MCAD, of course, there are some outliers. There have been times it's successful, but um, in general, they're not, unfortunately. So then what would happen is the MCAD would hold an investigative conference. And again, the parameters of this and the style of it changes through the years. It depends on who the investigator is. It depends on which office the complaint is being heard in, and it depends on a multitude of factors. But in general, an investigative conference is where the complainant and his or her counsel and the respondent and perhaps its counsel get together in a room and sit across from each other at a conference table. And the MCAD officer sits at the head and asks the employee a bunch of questions and four follow-up documents and then turns to the employer and asks, questions and for follow-up documents and the parties don't interact. So really it's just kind of a formal request for additional information. So there's that. And then the MCAD will require the parties to turn in the additional information or the additional documents. The MCAD may ask for more documents and then the MCAD will take all that information and make a determination. And that can take in general, I'd say at least six months to a year to oh be turned my. around by the MCAD. Yeah, it can take a while. They're just so busy. So no, if anyone from the MCAD is listening, I'm not criticizing you. Right. Um, <laughs> they are very hard workers. 
Very heartbreaking. It's it's a lot. They put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into the decisions and they pour over the documents and the responses, you know, and they make a determination, but it does take a while. And so that lull can always be an interesting time for employers, especially if the complainant is still employed by the employer. It can be a delicate situation to handle. Yes, yes, absolutely. And one of the things I was thinking is that in the workplace, oftentimes you hear the term discrimination and somebody will say, I've been discriminated against, or I believe I've been discriminated against. The Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination and similarly situated offices and agencies throughout the country, they are charged to hear cases that are dealing with discrimination of what we call a protected class. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And so Massachusetts has a whole listing of protected classes in its statute. And then the federal laws and regulations have a very similar list, but Massachusetts is broader. But protected classes are classifications based on a person's race, color, national origin, mental or physical disability, um, age if they're over 40, sex, gender, In Massachusetts, transgender status is a protected class, as well as gender identity, uh, religion. I think I got all the major ones there. Anything that could have historically been used to discriminate against someone or has even, you know, present day been used to discriminate against someone and disadvantage them in some way is considered a protected class. um, And discrimination against such individuals is prohibited. Um, Mm. So it's very... Very broad. They have a big mandate. And they also handle, you know, I'm just talking about the employment discrimination side of the house. They also have a whole other side of the house that deals with housing discrimination. That's right. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on On Air with Myra O'Connell on the jurisdiction and the charge of the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination and how folks can bring actions there and also tips for employers. If folks need to contact you, want to contact you about this issue, how can they reach you? They can reach me several ways. Email A-B-A-E-R, so A-Bear, at MyerCoconnell.com, or my office line, 508-860-1472. I also have LinkedIn, uh, so our marketing team will be happy I make that plug. And we also have a blog, and the editor of our department's labor uh, and employment blog called Off the Clock. And on that blog, we post, you know, noteworthy new statutes, regulations, cases, things of that sort that employers should be aware of. Well, thanks, Amanda. We appreciate your time on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Howard Kaplan on behalf of Myrick O'Connell and Amanda Baer. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 